So why does South Africa have more than its fair share of financial scandals? Uh, the last couple of days, we've had two huge ones that we've been reporting on on Biz News. Sean Pesh knows the financial world. He spent his lifetime, his whole career in this area. And he's South African, living in the UK. So it gives him a perspective, perhaps, that is unique for most of us who are living in the beloved country. We'll get some insights from, uh, from Sean in just a moment. Sean, of course, is the founder and the chief investment officer of Ranmore Asset Management. As always, it's such a pleasure to be talking with you, Sean. We're going to hit up, pick up on quarterly results from the US later, but man, these financial scandals. The, the, let's start with Craig Warriner. Here's a fellow who went to St. Stithian School, became the chairman of the Old Boys Association. Clearly, he, he targeted people who were associated with the school in one way or another. He funded a sports performance, high performance center. He gave them the money to build a very prestigious restaurant. I don't know if you've been to it. It's called the One and All, right up on the hill in their precinct in uh, in Santon. And this guy has blown, he's taken three billion rand from people, which literally doesn't exist anymore. He was a day trader who traded in Anglo-American and BHP Bulletin. and was quite happy to tell people that that was his modus operandi. Of course, he said, he's so good at this because he focuses there. He will keep making small amounts of money every day. And then over a year, uh, he will give you a really good return. Of course, if it's too good to be true, it never is. Alec, that's right. And I was very sad to hear that the other day I was out on a walk and I listened to your interview with Dave Shapiro. And of course, I knew nothing about this guy. I hadn't seen him, looked him up, couldn't find him. I think you pointed out he wasn't on LinkedIn. And it's really interesting because if you go back to Madoff, you know, Madoff uh, tried to fly below the radar screen. And I'd encourage people to watch that Netflix that Netflix video and, and Madoff's modus operandi was, look, I've got something special, but don't tell everybody just for you. You know, it was that. And and what really saddens me is I think it's so simple to avoid these kind of scams. <clears throat> now, now take it from whence it comes, okay, because I run a fund, but I run a fund because I believe in the structure and I run a highly regulated fund because that's how people are protected. And if investors just took the time to make sure that whatever they're putting their money in was highly regulated, not and, and you need to be careful about the regulation here. And what I want to say is it's not the entity that's trying to sell you the thing. That might that should be regulated, of course. But it's where your money ends up. Is that regulated? Who is looking after your money? And Dave was talking the other day about, you know, portfolio and where the, are the shares in your name or whose name are they in, et cetera. So that's like a private portfolio. But of course, if you know, if somebody sends it goes around South Africa saying, send the money over to me, I'll run a private portfolio, it's quite compelling. Because you think, oh, well, I'll have a few shares in Apple and I'll have a few shares in Microsoft and, and that kind of thing. It's nice to have a few of my own shares. I can talk about them at dinner parties, et cetera. The problem is, A, it's tax inefficient because when you take profits, you've got to pay capital gains because it's your own. And, and secondly, what is the structure? You know, it, it, that's to Dave's point is, is, are those shares in your own name? Are they in an entity? Is the entity regulated, et cetera? And what I'd say is, you know, the, the FSCA, has on their website, and I, I um, tweeted this the other day following your interview, they have on their website, um, you can go in there and you type in the name of the company, the name of the fund, et cetera, and you find them. Now, if for me to get regulated or Randall to get regulated to market in South Africa, you have to jump over a lot of hoops. They want to know 
who's at non-executive directors, what's the fund structure, is the fund regulated, etc. And there's a reason for that, it's to protect investors. And all these scams that you hear about, okay, are in the unregulated space. So, so do the work, find out where your money is ending up. Is that regulated? Is the entity regulated who's running it? Is the person who's running it regulated? And by whom? And if you do that, you know, you should be fine. That's so interesting. I, some years ago, I was a director of Pumalela. And Pumalela was a, uh, I say was because it doesn't exist anymore. It was a horse racing business in the gambling area, which is as regulated as it can get. But I had to go through a probity um, or a series of probity questions. It was a massive document that took ages to, uh, to fill and it went and was, was very carefully checked by the regulator before you could become a director of that company. Now, if you take it one step further, the regulations of handling people's money like you do, clearly these are... There are lots and lots of checks and balances to it. And yet in Warren's point of view, he was exactly as you said earlier. Hey, I've got, a, I've got something for you. I'm a day trader. I trade in these two stocks. You've heard of BHP Bulletin and Anglo-American, of course. And I just give you good returns because I'm really good at it. It's in an unregulated trust. No one would have asked him that. They just would have gone forward and said, okay, this guy's got something for me. Alec, absolutely. And I think the other thing which is quite interesting is you want to say who's gets so we so Irish usage, you have to have an independent administrator. So we don't send our month end statements to the clients. Okay. That's what that's what Madoff did. Because so Madoff sent to said, Oh, by the way, you had a great month last month, one percent. Well, he made those numbers up. If you've got an independent administrator, they're looking at the pot, they can see the shares, they calculate the NAV every day, they send it to the clients. We're not marking our own homework. It's very important. You know, this guy was marking his own homework. Clearly, those returns, he was, you know, telling people this is what I earned or this is what you earned, but there, were, there was nothing behind that. And um, so those type, two things, you know, who's marking the homework and is the entity regulated? And the FSCA, you have to jump over those hoops for good reasons. So make sure that where your money ends up is regulated. And by the way, that's exactly what he was doing. He was making up the returns and then sending them through WhatsApps, I think, or, or certainly SMSs, and preying on a small little group of people, uh, elite private school, old boys, uh, parents of kids in that school. He was the guy who put together the, the restaurant there that only you can go to, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, it's a little, it was a full-on scam, I suppose, with parallels to Madoff. Didn't he prey on the rich and famous of the uh, New York society. Absolutely. Now, what was interesting is Madoff's entity was regulated, okay, but by a different regulator, but it's where the money ends up. So that's the key thing. It's, it's really avoidable. And and what I think is bad for these guys is, is it, you know, taints the whole industry. It makes people distrust the financial services industry, and that's not right. And then the second scam that we reported on yesterday was to do with Hannes Stradom. Uh, the Springbok lock in 1995, who was, well, guys within his firm, his general manager and, uh, and a group, a little criminal syndicate within his firm, were stealing prescribed drugs, passing them on to drug dealers. And then when, um, the, when finally the, this all came to light, because very easy to hide this through incorrect stock takes, et cetera, if you're the one doing the numbers, they blamed him 
went to carte blanche. We ran a 20-minute uh, expose on the Springbok player who owned the company and accused him of being a drug dealer, effectively, by taking prescribed uh, medicines and selling them into the drug market. It took Paul O'Sullivan going into uh, Hannes Stradom's business to uncover this, which he did in, a, did in a period of a few months. But really, it's not the first time I've heard of this. Tony uh, Cottrell, who you know well, um, dropped me a, a voice note this morning to say, well, this is what happened in this company, this is what happened in that company, which he knows intimately, which of course never made the media. Why might it be that South Africa seems to be cursed by this kind of behavior? Do you know, Alec, I, I don't know the answer to that question because you look at the Bitcoin, the number of Bitcoin scandals there are. I don't know if it's people are desperate to, um, yeah, it's an entrepreneurial society, okay? And and you, maybe it's, I, I, people are desperate to try and survive and, you know, after quick returns, it's, this, it's the old Aesop's fable, slow and steady wins the race. It's slow and steady wins the race. So don't, you know, don't, if, if it's too, comes back to that point you made just now, if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. Slow and steady was supposedly winning the race for Craig Warren's clients, but there too, uh, every year he was showing growth, which is very different to people in markets. It is. It is. And, you know, you, you look back there, and I had clients who were caught um, by Madoff, and, and they try to get, you know, they said, listen, it's a great story. And it's like, no, 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 all my money's in my fund. Um, I'm not putting my money in anybody else's fund, especially not one that looks too good to be true. You know, things, you know, I remember, I remember um, a former boss used to say, clients don't like volatility. I mean, they're not, and he says, they don't like it, they're going to get it. And you have to accept it. If you want to, if you want to generate real returns, I'm afraid you're going to have to accept an amount of volatility. And you should embrace that volatility because when you get the volatility, at least you know you're not being, you know, it's it's uh, it's you're not being scanned, hmm. Sean. What does regulation cost you? Is there any way of quantifying? Uh, because clearly that's protection for the people who invest with Randmore. What is that regulations? Uh, how much do you have to earn to pay for the regulating le- regulatory requirements? Oh, look, Alec. It's it does cost a few basis points, and so you can imagine that as part of the sales thing. We'll run a private portfolio. You don't have to worry about non-executive directors. You don't have to worry about auditors. You know, the costs are lower. So it does cost a few basis points. When you're a small fund, it costs more. But, you know, I'll tell you what, if you take that 3 billion rand, I'm sure those people would have been happy to pay a few basis points a year to have somebody look over their shoulder and and make sure um, that uh, make sure that the, the fund managers acting in accordance with the mandate is doing what they said they would do um, and, and that their investors are protected. It's a small price to pay. You've given us some warning flags. Make sure that wherever you're putting your money, it is regulated. Um, Be very cautious of anything which seems too good to be true. Any others that investors should be looking for? Um, I mean, I think those are the... Oh, liquidity. You know, daily liquidity. If you want your money, it's your money. You can take it. You know, what is the lockup? I am amazed at some of the lockups of of hedge funds and all that sort of stuff. You've got to give them three months notice and all of this stuff. I mean, it's unbelievable. We run a daily liquid fund, as most of the funds out there that, that are regulated in South Africa are daily liquid. So you, you send through a uh, redemption or whatever, you know, it's priced tomorrow morning at tonight's price, and you got your money in a few days' time. 
and uh, and that's how you want to be. Thanks for those insights, Sean. Let's move on to the matters of the moment. It's courtly season in the United States. We've had a number of uh, big companies who have, particularly the tech companies, who have reported already. What stands out for you? Well, I mean, it's a challenging month, Alec. And if you look, the market's down 4% this month. That's the world index, okay? Mid-caps are down 6, small caps are down 7. So um, I think, well, when it gets breezy, you know, if you go out sailing, you're going to get wet. And um, what's interesting, I'll just run through the big cap, me- mega cap tech. We've had most of them. We haven't had Apple. Apple's next week. Don't expect much from Apple. Everything I hear about uh, the, the iPhone 15 and when I wander around and chat to people and O2 and things like that. It's not selling as fast as the 14. So that seems to corroborate what's what's happening up there. But just quickly, Microsoft revenue up 13%, okay, 12% constant currency, earnings up 28, free cash flow flat. Google revenue up 11, earnings up 41, free cash flow up 24, Meta revenue up 23, EPS up 162 off a low base, free cash flow up 40, Amazon revenue up 13. EPS up 335%, again, off a low base. Um, uh, Tesla, revenue up 9. Earnings down 37. Free cash flow down 74. Now, what's quite interesting, one of the things that's been, that's been inflating the earnings for some of these tech companies is a number of them extended the useful life of their hardware. So instead of depreciating over, say, three years, that appreciate over four years means your depreciation charge comes down. But I think what stands out for me is that you know revenue growth 11 10 9 13 not not you know these businesses are maturing and um and i and the question is well why is the response been so bad because in many cases that you know microsoft came up first great numbers um and and the stock was up and then you had google and it was down 9% and meta was up initially and then it was down and amazon's up a little bit and tesla's been down nonstop since the results and one of the you know, people always look into the conference calls and say, okay, it's not just, of course, it's not just about what the results are. It's what do they say about the future? Okay. And and so now you have, and remember with these companies that are so well followed, you have all these algorithms flying around that beat looking for keywords like beat, okay, bye. Um, anyway, unpredictable consumer landscape is the key thing. You know, you talk about advertising, Meta and Google, those that's important. And Companies are quite cautious what's going on in the Middle East. It's happening with interest rates being so high and consumer discretionary income as a factor. And so if consumer discretionary income is is un, is being challenged, what does that mean for the advertising of the companies that are trying to appeal to those those users? So so I think that's one of the, the points. That's probably the main point that's depressed these stocks. And I think there are many fund managers around the world that are sitting going, these results are amazing. Why are these stocks down? And I think it's, well, two reasons, really. Well, a few reasons. One is the outlook's been, is is pretty tepid. Uh, two, their businesses are maturing, as I've just mentioned with the revenue growth. You know, three, you've got competition. Look at Tesla. You know, they they only earned $3.7 billion of free cash flow. You look at what the European car companies are saying. There's lots of competition. I mean, $3.7 billion, this market cap, $650 billion. You know, that is, it's just, it, yeah. Um, you've got new competition from Amazon. Amazon's advertising business is doing well. Well, they're stealing stuff from Meta and Google. So they're all playing in each other's sandpits. Okay. And then you've got CapEx, which is high. Um, I mean, Amazon in the last three years, negative free cash flow of 13 billion. 
and they've got 140 billion of debt and lease liabilities. So, you know, so those are some of the challenges. And then you look at the valuations, uh, Microsoft 2.5% free cash flow yield, bonds are yielding five, as I said on a recent interview. So, and with Meta, you know, the last three years, they've earned um, 100 billion. They spent 103 billion on buybacks. Okay, but the share count's only down 10%. So basically, these businesses, I would argue that many of these businesses have been run for employees. Okay, we're using all the cash to buy back shares from our employees who exercise options. Um, and then and then the cash balances are low. So now Microsoft spent all its most of its cash on on buying Activision. And they're well followed, Alex. 63 analysts are following Microsoft. So when you're trying to game the system and there's 63 analysts out there, you know, it's challenging. Very hard to find some some uh, some angle that is going to give you uh, better returns. Whereas the small caps down by 7%, isn't that the place that you'd be looking at to have better value or better returns on the investments that you make today? Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I think. And that's where we nicely position in some of the small and mid caps. And I always like to talk about, you know, I love innocent bystanders, ones that are, that are just getting caught up in the whirlwind that the big techs are getting hit, great, and the small guys are getting hit just in sympathy. And but but actually they're getting hit unrelated. They've got no issue, there's no situation, you know, it's not related. I, I did think it was quite interesting. Um, a couple of other things. You, you know, the and this you might find this quite interesting, but there are lots of sophisticated IT companies. I mentioned the algorithms out there looking, you know, um, trawling and what are they called, scraping the 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 conference call transcripts looking for words. Um, Google mentioned AI 83 times, okay, in the conference call. Microsoft 61 times. So these guys, so the management teams are, you know, of course the management team know this now and they are now making sure that they use the right words to gain the system. That's what I'd argue. You know, we're using it 83 times, use the phrase AI 83 times and then gen AI and all this other stuff. Um, and... Um, yeah, so I so that's been interesting. I'd also I'd just be careful. It's another good time to just reiterate my caution about fees. You know, a few years ago, ESG was all the rage, wind power, etc. And it might might be interesting. Siemens Energy, which is one of the leaders there, was thirty four euros in early twenty one. It's now seven, and they are basically applying for state aid. Okay, and this is in wind energy, and the theme is still there. We still need to build wind turbines, etc. Solar Edge. Solar Edge was 390 in late 21. It's now 83. Okay, So some of these themes. But, but what I'd encourage people, and this is what I always think is, you always got to find the positives. It, the world is not just about tech. Deutsche Bank was up 9% the other day when Google was down or Alphabet was down 9%. And so who's looking at Deutsche Bank? Everyone's focused over there. You know, it's a bit like, well, let's use a rugby analogy. It's a bit like you think the ball's going to go down the back line. Everyone's watching the back line. Meanwhile, the scrummy runs around and scores on the blind side. It's like, oh, should have been watching, should have been watching Deutsche Bank on this on the you know on the blind side. So yeah, so it, it it's the only action is not in tech. And remember that the spotlight is in tech. We have we've got two percent in technology. You have practically nothing there because just you know, everybody's following it. Everybody's focused on it, what's what's the likelihood that that's where the opportunity is? And we'd argue pretty little. So, you know, lots of other companies out there doing well. Carrefour had like-for-like um, like revenue up 9% yesterday. It's eight times earnings. 
you know, eight percent is not too far from where the Googles and the Metas are, and you're paying a fraction of the price. Sean Pesh bringing some, uh, well, good balance to the approach <laughs> as you always do. Before you go, Sean, uh, what are you guys doing for the World Cup final? Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, I'm so like the country needs it so badly. Um, it was so we yeah holding uh, holding thumbs. We're going to have some fun over here. Dig out my my Springbok shirt and uh, and and let's let's hold thumbs and hope we win. Sean Pesh with Ranmore Funds and I'm Alec Hogg from Business.com. 